We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome and the LakersNation.com, a live show. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. We are back. I look at Media Day as the official start of the new season. That means we're here. Training camp kicks off tomorrow or today. Podcast listeners listen to this after the fact. Oh, boy. Exciting time. We've even got a game coming up. On Saturday, we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. We're going to get into media day. I've got Daniel Starkhand, editor extraordinaire for Lakers Nation, that's going to join the show and talk all about what he saw right there up close in person at Lakers media day. We'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit about training camp, what our expectations are there. We'll talk about the games coming up. We'll, of course, take the questions and comments from everybody coming in over on YouTube as well. So, again, welcome in everybody who is joining the show live guys wouldn't mind do me a favor hit that like button right now get this show out to as many people as possible and of course help us out we're pushing towards half a million subscribers here on the lakers nation youtube channel so help us out if you haven't done so yet hit that subscribe button podcast listeners make sure you're following the show over on apple Podcasts, spotify where you can listen to podcasts and a great way to help us out there on that front is to leave us a five-star rating and review all right let's bring in editor extraordinaire daniel starkin Daniel, how you doing? Hey, Trev, I'm doing good. Long day today, but uh, hey, we got through it, and and it's all uh, positive vibes, I'd say. Long day, but uh, surprisingly, the Lakers were pretty efficient today. They didn't didn't yeah. leave you sitting around waiting too much. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was one after another. Um, obviously, it's going to be a long day, you know, no matter what, just because mm-hmm. so many guys are talking. But I thought this was one of their better run media days for sure. Um, everyone was on time and ready to go and, and ready, excited to talk to the media, which isn't, uh, doesn't happen very often. The improvements in decision-making that we've seen in the organization that we saw over the summer that we saw, even going back to the trade deadline, they have trickled down into the team's efficiency (laughs) in media day scheduling. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, we're going to get into all the stuff that you witnessed there up close and personal at media day first we'll go to this alex Amerling with a super chat thank you alex said deepest team in the league time for us to get number 18 now it was i believe it was austin austin reeves 
I think there were a few other guys who referenced the depth of the team, Daniel. That, that seemed to be a common theme of the day. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to ignore when you look around the gym and see, you know, 12, 13 guys that are all MB, legit NBA rotation guys. So, yeah, I definitely think um, it, it's hard to argue that they're one of the deepest teams. I'm sure there's other teams that are in the mix as well. But uh, the, the depth on this roster is something we've honestly never really seen before. Like, they're usually – it's been – in the Le- LeBron AD era, it's been, you know, top-heavy type rosters. Um, so they've they've never really had depth like this. Yeah, you know, that's and that's kind of what you're committing to when you've got LeBron AD. Certainly, if you're going to go for the three star model, which we saw with Russell yeah. Westbrook, and we all know how that didn't work. But, but I don't think we've seen a team quite this deep before. Now, they had a lot of pieces that they kind of stumbled into this style build in 2019, 2020, when the plan was to get Kawhi and that didn't work out. And then they wound up getting, you know, the Danny Greens of the world and all, all the other pieces that, that came into place. But this team does probably have the most depth of any LeBron-led Lakers team that we've seen yet. And I'm really curious to see how that plays out. And if that means LeBron's minutes will be pared down, I think that could be a very a very big positive. What what was your sense seeing LeBron up there talking? He said he didn't know if this was going to be his final season, but he sounds pretty optimistic about where his foot is at, where his health is at, mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, he, he definitely sounded excited about the season. The, the first thing what was the foot. Obviously, that's what everyone was curious about. Still, still was not willing to say whether he had surgery or not. Uh, that's something he said. We'll we'll never know. Um, but he said he was a he was you know first he said that he he was dealing with a completely torn tendon, um, and he said he was able to to rehab to get it back to the point where he was before the injury happened in that Dallas game. So he's healthy and ready to go. And, and he talked about how um, while he did contemplate retirement, part of his decision to come back had to do with the roster that he that Rob and, and Darvin Ham put together. He specifically complimented both of those guys. And, and I mean, it, it's hard not to get excited when we, we just, you know, talked about the depth. When, when you look at uh, the guys he's going to be surrounded with, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the potential for him to have to play fewer minutes, carry, you know, less of a workload. That's something we've been talking about for, for years now as he gets into, you know, now year 21. Um, but they've never really been able to execute it. And, and now they kind of have the roster to do so. And, and he sees that and and he seems, you know, really pumped about the season to come. Obviously, understanding that he's only got ho- however many years left, he wouldn't say he was asked if he put any thought into this being his last year. He said he hasn't, um, which isn't surprising. But but yeah, I definitely think he he sees the opportunity to potentially win another title. So, I mean, why, who wouldn't be excited about that? Yeah, I mean, if you're LeBron, well, I mean, Lakers fans too, right? If you're looking at the moves that the team made, it's hard not to be excited because it really feels like, I don't know if they if they got every single one of their targets. Like if they had their choice, if Dennis hadn't have been offered so much money from Toronto, would they have rather just kept Dennis than go and get Gabe? It's, I, I don't know. But other than maybe that, it really feels yeah. like every single realistic target that they wanted, aside from, you know, like Brooke Lopez getting paid tons of money, like, okay, that's pie in the sky. But every realistic target that they wanted, it really felt like they they got them all this summer, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned like a Brooke Lopez. There were some un, you know, unrealistic guys. I know Bruce Brown was a popular name, like sure. as free, free agency approach, but all those guys ended up being way out of their price range. So they were able to get, you know, um, first of all, they were able to retain all their key guys that they wanted to bring back. And I don't think they necessarily overpaid for any of them. Like those are all pretty reasonable deals. 
talking about Austin, uh, D'Lo, um, Rui. The, like none none of those guys were north of twenty million a year. Like those are all in the teens. Um, and, and then you're able to bring in some some guys with high upside, former lottery picks on the veteran minimums. You get Torian Prince for for the uh, the lower exception. Um, and, and I think he's a perfect fit as a three and D wing type. So I, I definitely think, um, you know, look, look, I know we're going back months now to the offseason, but I definitely think they went out and accomplished, you know, everything they wanted to. Yeah, that's and that's been really impressive uh, about their their offseasons, how they've been able to pull all of that off. It's been, well, like I said, very, very uplifting. Um, let's get into the super chat here. Said by NFT, my guy Colby said, Shocked slash worried about D'Lo getting named a starter. Feels like Vincent should have had a chance to compete for it. Uh, Brogdon was pissed at Boston. The same thing. I didn't get the sense that Gabe Vincent was upset uh, about D'Lo being named the starter. Yeah, no, I, I actually got... Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it was quite the opposite. He he definitely uh, seemed like he was ready to buy into what whatever role they have for him. And I think kind of on the cr- contrary, like you're not necessarily pissing Vincent off, but what you are doing is you're giving a vote of confidence to D'Angelo Russell, who we all know ended last season on a shaking note. He gets, he ends up getting benched for that game four. So D'Lo, I asked D, I actually asked D'Lo about that today. Um, and, and he said he appreciated Darvin Ham doing that and, and he doesn't want to let the team down. Um, so I think he's ready to accept that challenge. He talked about all the work he put in this off season. He's gotten a lot, a lot stronger. So um I think just kind of nipping that in the bud right away before training camp. Um, I know competition is good, but you don't necessarily need, you know, all this outside noise saying D'Lo might be benched, blah, blah, blah. Like, I I think it makes sense for the guy who was here last year to be the starter. Now, just because he's the starter for game one doesn't mean he's going to be the starter in game 40 or game 82 or game one of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like, these things are going to be ever-changing throughout the course of the season. So, I I think it's D'Lo's job right now. Um, and, and we'll see how they play from there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's just it. I think D'Lo, you know, he's got the vote of confidence, certainly from Austin Reeves. We had him on the other day, and, and he was raving about D'Angelo Russell. But I kind of think D'Lo needs that vote of confidence, too. Just given the way things ended last season, you want to give him that. Because let's let's face it, even if people are frustrated with how he played to, to finish out the, the Western Conference Finals and everything, the Lakers need him. They need him to be good this year. And I think you want him to feel wanted. You want him to feel supported. You know, one of the things that he said today, he talked about how it was nice to, to be wanted by the Lakers. They made it clear that they wanted him and all that. Last season, he talked a little bit about that, about how he never felt like any team really, truly committed to him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that's important to him. And, and, Part of the reason for part of the benefit, I think, of naming D'Lo as the starter now, not just is he obviously a talented player, but I think showing him that can yield some some positive results as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think if I mean, if you look at D'Lo's career, like he's been traded what now, like three or four times, four mm-hmm. times, I believe. Um, so <laughs> I don't blame him for wanting to be somewhere where he's wanted it. And we saw the deal he got in free agency, the Lakers got him for a discount. So I don't think his, his agent's phone was necessarily ringing off the hook when free agency started. So I think it makes sense. And I also think it's easy to forget how good Dilo was after mm-hmm. coming over at the deadline. Like he was one of the main catalysts to their late season turnaround. And I know that the, obviously the poor Denver series has left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, but I, I still think he he's 
he's more talented than Gabe Vincent and and he has more upside as well. Like Gabe's a solid player. He's going to be really good coming off the bench, still going to play a lot of minutes. Um, but I don't think he's capable of like the D'Lo hot streaks that, that we've seen can happen at any point. Like I, I just think D'Lo is a higher ceiling player um, and, and, and he, he deserves to start at least, you know, from the beginning. And Gabe had, I thought, the perfect mindset. He was talking on Spectrum, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said that he understands that some nights the way he can help the team is by being the best cheerleader on the bench. Some nights the way he can help the team is by going on a scoring burst. Some nights it's going to be defending at a, at a high level and having a big game in that regard. He understands that his role is going to shift and change, and, and I think that kind of malleability – in addition to recognizing already kind of just being of that mindset that, hey, I'm going to need to do a bunch of different things to help this team and it's going to be coming off the bench. I think it it, it feels like he's at very much at peace with what that role is going to be. I think flipping that, that's a, that's a bumpy road to travel down. Hey, D'Angelo Russell, now you're coming off the bench and doing this. So I think Gabe Vincent is already there mentally and I think it's going to benefit the team by going this route. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of the vibe I got as well. I got that from a lot of guys, and that's kind of the attitude they're going to need to have. Going back to to the depth that we're talking about, not everyone's going to get to play, you know, 25, 30 minutes every night. Um, so, so guys are going to have to accept their roles and be cool with it and just know that there's going to be other nights where D'Lo is, is out because of a minor ankle sprain or something, and then Gabe Vincent's got to be ready to step in and take on that bigger role. You know, while we're on the topic, uh, Christian Wood, who is a guy that I want to talk about in a little bit, but he brought up again that Darvin told him over the offseason that he was going to have a big role on this team. This is now, mm -hmm. I want to say that's maybe the third time now that he's brought that up in, in interviews. Could that potentially be a, an issue? Like if he's, if his role, I mean, Gabe Vincent is already saying, hey, one night I'm going to be the cheerleader on the bench and that's okay. If Christian Wood is expecting this big role, is there potentially a, a problem down the road if one night he doesn't have that role? I mean, I mean, look, it, it's definitely possible, and I think that's that's kind of why he was a free agent as long as he was. Like, I'm, I bet you his talent level. There's countless teams that would want him for the minimum, but um, it, it's it's the other stuff that kind of kept him from from. From signing for so long kept him from getting more than a minimum deal despite averaging like 17 and, and eight or whatever he did last year with mm -hmm. Dallas um he 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 spoke about that today how he has a chip on his shoulder because because of all that but he also said he hasn't had any issues and and he's willing to buy and we saw him tweet 18 uh the other day so he, he's definitely fully bought into to the championship mentality but I mean anytime a guy is playing on a minimum deal they're obviously looking for that next contract. So if there's going to, if there, if he's not getting the playing time that he likes, if it's not working out and, and it's basically Anthony Davis playing a majority of the five, as we, as we saw last season, um, it, it wouldn't totally shock me if, if like similar to Tom, what Tom, Thomas Bryant, I mean, he ends up getting traded at the deadline last year because he wanted a bigger role somewhere else. Didn't end up getting it in Denver, but I, I definitely think that's always a possibility. But I also think, the Lakers are betting on what they have in-house. They have good leadership with LeBron and AD. They have Darvin Ham, who's a, a player's coach who has great relationships with all these guys. You know, Christian Wood has known him for a few years now since they were in Milwaukee. So I think they're just betting that that infrastructure will will keep his mentality right. We've seen it in the past with, with you know, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, guys 
yeah. guys who you know came in on minimum deals and and they bought in and they played well and that earned them more playing time so um we'll see how it plays out but i definitely think that concern uh is legit yeah, by no means am I saying we should sound any alarms or anything like right. that with Christian, because pretty much everything else he said was exactly what you would you would hope he would say, right? Uh, he was, he's even talking at this point about being a Laker long-term, about how he doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay with the Lakers permanently, and that's you know that that's obviously great to hear. So I'm still very optimistic about him and, and what we can see. And, and, of course, we'll talk about Anthony Davis talked a little bit about the fit with, with himself and Christian Wood. So I want to talk about that in just a bit, but... Just interesting that he's he's brought that up consistently that, hey, Darvin told me I was going to have a big role on this team. He also said he didn't care whether he started or not, but he did kind of, you know, add that little asterisk that I'm going to have a big role no matter what. So be interesting. Um, Mamba Mentality said, hey, Trevor, media day today got me super stoked for the season. Uh, man, everything was dead for a week, had time to take one week of vacation. And when I got back, Dame got traded. Well, that means that you mm -hmm. timed it perfectly. Yeah which I can never seem to do, but yeah, you timed same. your vacation perfectly, got back just in time for the Damian Lillard trade. And Daniel, you know, what? what is your thought on now Portland has sent Damian Lillard east and they sent Drew Holiday east. Unfortunately, they sent him to the Celtics, but yeah. uh, I, I think this is kind of what we needed to see, Celtics part uh, aside. We, we need talented players to finally leave. There's too many guys coming in. Go east. Get out of the Western Conference. I think this Dame trade, for the most part, worked out really well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Lakers perspective. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and even if you look at how it impacts the Western Conference with Phoenix getting involved there, I, I know we talked about this the other day. I think that was, you know, not the best move in the world for Phoenix. So um, for them, for Phoenix to potentially get a, a little weaker, for Dame to go east, for Drew to stay east, um, I, I think that's the best case scenario, all things considered. I know uh, to win a championship, you, you're still going to have to go through either Milwaukee or Boston probably, but uh, you'll worry about that when you get to that, and, and you still got to go through a, a gauntlet in the West. So that's that's the most important thing to focus on. Yeah, I mean, the Western Conference, it is going to be – Absolutely brutal. And the Lakers did not catch a break. I was looking at this. Draymond Green, he's going to be out four to six weeks with a sprained ankle, which means anybody playing the Golden State Warriors early in the season, probably not going to have to see Draymond. The Lakers don't see them till like January or something. Uh, couldn't catch a catch a break there. But uh, Julian said, I can't believe the season is right around the corner. I know we've got preseason starts Saturday. Like we're here. Uh, he said, this team has the opportunity to be the best in the league with how versatile we are. Most excited to see how Christie can take that leap and become a huge part for Banner 18. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you just tweeted something about Max Christie, one of his his quotes. I think you were talking about how he was using his body. What was it yeah. that he had to say there? Yeah, so I mean... You could anyone who saw Max like on TV or whatever, you could tell how much you know more muscular he is compared to when the Lakers drafted him, which was just a little over a year ago. He's put on at least 20 pounds of muscle. Um, but as important as that is, you have to know how to use that muscle, and that's kind of what he said today. He was a lot of his offseason focus was on learning how to use his body to his strengths, whether that be on the offensive end, you know, in the post. Or, or finishing at the rim or on the defensive end guarding, you know, some of some of the bigger wings or, or whatever the case may be. So not only has Max, you know, gotten bigger and stronger, but he, he's been focused on learning how to use that strength. And and that to me, that's the key with him, because we know how talented he is. We know that all the tools to be a really good player are there. And now, especially now that he's put on the 20 pounds of muscle, we said from the time he got drafted that he needed. Um, I, I think the sky is the limit for Max. I know he's I know for a fact he's one of the hardest workers, if not the hardest worker on the team. Everyone, anyone you talk to says he's in the gym at all hours of the day. So I'm hoping he he gets a rotation spot, if not from the beginning, at least early in the season. Let, let's see what he's got. Um, and, and I have, you know, high expectations. Yeah, he's going to have to battle, I think, Cam Reddish uh, in, in this case in order to get that backup two-guard spot. That's something that he's talked about. He wants to be uh, the, in the shooting guard rotation along with Austin Reeves. His three-point shooting was something he talked about as well. That's obviously going to be extremely important for him and for his ability to be out there on the floor. I'm not, you know, we've talked up Max a lot this summer. I think still as a young player, he's just 20 years old. I think we are going to see highs and lows. There'll be those peaks and valleys. He'll have some good games. He'll have some some rough games. That consistency may take a little bit of time. That's what you expect with a player his age. But the skill set, the upside, the potential to be that prototypical 3 and D player as his base. And then I think he can throw in a little bit extra in terms of his ability to attack closeouts and things of that nature. He could wind up by the end of the season, becoming a really important piece for the Lakers as he really settles in. I think in the early going, it may be a little bumpy, but this is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think he's probably a guy we're going to see a lot of in the preseason just yes. because, you know, the starters aren't necessarily playing, you know, normal minutes. So he'll get he'll get his opportunities, and, and if he makes the most of them, he should get a, a, a rotation spot. 
All right, real quick. Brandon said, I'm a communications and media student. How can I join Lakers Nation? Really would like to join the group to discuss Lakers basketball. Well, my DMs are open. You can also message uh, Daniel. You can send over your uh, your resume and all that that kind of stuff, certainly, if you want. We do get people messaging us. We get we get that quite a bit. Don't you? I get a lot. I'm sure you get a bunch, too. Yeah. People saying, hey, I want to join, join Lakers Nation. But kind of depends mm-hmm. on where we're at in the year and what we really need on staff and, and all that sort of stuff. But we're, all, we're always willing to listen. Yep. Um, yep. So one of the things that I wanted to get into here is Darvin Ham talked a lot about how training camp this year is going to be different than it was last year. That what's happened is now you've got a lot of guys who have some consistency, who have some chemistry that's already built in. And so what he intends to do is play a lot more in training camp. And that was something, I believe he said LeBron and AD requested this as well, that they play a lot more. So what are you expecting to see out of training camp? I just got the, the media release like 30 minutes ago saying, hey, here's practice tomorrow. Let us know if yeah. you guys want to want to come by. So what are you expecting to see? Because I know you're going to be out there. Uh I think I think you just nailed it. I think there's going to be a lot more playing and a lot less, you know, instructional stuff. And anyone who's ever played basketball or been in a gym for a practice knows that the instructional stuff is not fun at all. It's a lot of standing around, listening, learning, um, which which is important. But um, when you've got a team who who's been together and and already knows a lot of that stuff, you don't need to focus as much on that. Um, during training camp so I definitely think you could just get out there and, and play more I remember last year by the time the right re- basically by opening night the Lakers were so like had focused so much on pu- installing their defense that they hadn't yeah. really gotten to any offense yet um, so I definitely think that's good that's going to be different this year I mean obviously they got off to a two and ten start last year that's something you absolutely need to avoid at all costs this year so I definitely think the fact that they're ahead of the process should hopefully allow them to get off to a quicker start. And and we know the schedule isn't doing them any favors with all their big you know games to start off the season. Uh, speaking of which, were you surprised that Anthony Davis didn't shy away from the Denver question? Kind of he he talked about how much Denver's been yeah. talking all summer and that they recognize this and it, they didn't give like the PC. Oh, we just ignore it. Answer or whatever. He said, "Oh no, we we've heard it." In fact, AD even said, "I'm not even on, on social media, and I've heard it." Yeah, no, I I love it personally, and that's I mean we're kind of looking for that next rivalry in the NBA, um, and, and this could be it, Lakers Nuggets. But but yeah, I mean it's it, any Laker fan knows like you know the Nuggets did a lot of talking and of course they're the champs and they deserve to do that but uh it it definitely was a little extra and a little unnecessary like there was never any point where the Lakers players or coaches or whatever said anything disrespectful at all towards the Nuggets like I I definitely think that was a one-way type type deal so Mm -hmm. uh yeah I I like Austin mentioned it to us the other night too when when we interviewed him he mentioned how, how Mike Malone's been talking a little so uh yeah I definitely think uh you know, they have a chip on their shoulder and, and obviously they play each other on opening night. So uh, they'll be able to settle that, you know, <laughs> as soon as possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it again. I've said I think the Lakers are going to spoil ring night. I think the team's been stewing over this all summer long. And I'm expecting to see the Lakers come out guns blazing on opening night on the 24th. But uh, I've got a few people questioning, like saying, whoa, training camp starts tomorrow. Yeah. So so the schedule is going to look like this. They're going to have training camp Tuesday through Friday. 
And I know that doesn't sound like much. I mean, think about it. In years past, the Lakers have like gone to Hawaii for training camp and things. Yeah, training camp's going to be like four days. Then they're going to have a game. They play Saturday. Um, that's their first preseason game. Now, they're going to have some practices in between games and things like that for preseason. But yeah, training camp starts up officially tomorrow. Darwin confirmed it's not tonight or anything. It's tomorrow that they really get going. And, uh, and then they're off and running really, really quickly. So that's the schedule from here. I am planning on being out on a, a playback on uh, Saturday for, for the game. But uh, yeah, Daniel, training camp, four days, and then they actually play a game. That's going to be really interesting to see how quickly this all comes together. Yeah, yeah, and it's against the Warriors too. So we'll, we'll see who's yeah. playing in that game. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously, honestly, though, like the uh, from what a lot of guys were saying today to the media, like they've pre pretty much the whole team has been in the practice facility working out together every day for the last like month or two. Yeah. Um, so not a whole lot is changing. Obviously, it's more of a formal setting in a practice, but uh, these guys are ready to go. I'll tell you that. So Mission 86 said, will we take preseason seriously for once? I feel ignoring it has gotten us into trouble the last few years. Need to build from day one, I think. Thanks. Uh, I've got some thoughts on why it might appear that they didn't take preseason mm -hmm. seriously. But what do you what do you think about that? I mean, first of all, the most important thing over everything else is health. Like you, you, especially when you got your two stars are LeBron and AD who have had their fair share of injuries. LeBron is obviously going into his 21st season. So you're going to have to manage those guys during the preseason. Like it's a slow buildup. You can't just go from zero to a hundred right away. Like uh, bodies, you know, bodies get sore, guys get tired um, and, and you can't risk injury by overplaying guys in the preseason. So and because it's your two most important guys uh, in LeBron and AD who might not be playing as much, it's hard to really, you know, get a chemistry and do stuff when basically everything runs through those two guys in a regular season setting. So other guys are going to get more opportunities. But um, I definitely, you know, I definitely think they're going to take it seriously, but they're not going to overdo it. So I, I think um, I think they have six preseason games. That's one fewer than last year. Um, so we might see guys get more minutes in those games just because there's going to be less time. But I also think they value what they get done in their practices and their scrimmages and such. So, um, you know, guys might not be playing as much as we want necessarily, but there, there's a, a method to the madness. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess my question is what what is taking preseason seriously? Is it you're going out there to win every game? That's not really the point of preseason. Like, it's right. great if you do, but it's not, you know, it's. I know we made a big deal about the Ravens preseason record and, and all that, that kind of stuff, but it's not really that big of a thing, whether you at the end of the day, to quote Dennis Schroeder, I guess um, <laughs> nobody, nobody remembers a preseason record, right? Yeah. So if the goal is winning preseason games, then, then something's wrong to begin with. But I also think that in seasons past, what we've seen is we've seen a lot of new faces coming in. So right. when you've got all those new faces coming in, not only are, do you have the rest and the health factor that Daniel's talking about, but also there's the education factor, right? You've got all these new players coming in. Who is it that already gets it? It's LeBron and it's AD. Yeah. So why are they going to be out on the floor when the guys who need to learn is everybody else? All the new faces coming in this season. You don't have that. This season, you've got your core that's coming back that is already building upon the principles that were established last season. You've got a few new faces that are going to be integrated, but that's why I think that we may see 
and and maybe it you know we can use this terminology we may see the lakers take it a little more seriously not to mean that they're going to play lebron and ad a ton of minutes but i think there are opportunities to play more of the regular guys in preseason here because you're not trying to get everybody caught up to speed most of the guys already have a pretty good sense of what they're doing preseason should give them an opportunity now to build upon what they've already put in place it's not oh my gosh everybody hurry let's get our defense put in place and if we don't get this done we'll figure out offense later they're not doing that now they've already got the basics down right now Mm -hmm. it's going to be building upon that yeah and i also think that guys this year compared to last year like there's the the roster is more certain like guys know they're going to be here um there's a lot less you know going on on the outside a lot of you know no mm. trade rumors and such so i definitely think guys are are more focused um understanding that this team has a legit you know shot to win it all this season so i i think that's all the motivation you need to take it seriously quote unquote yeah you know i wanted to ask you about that and i'm glad you you reminded me because um how different was media day this year because you look around the nba right it's all is james harden gonna show up what's what's gonna happen there right Uh, right there's all this this drama in all these other places and over the last few years there's been a lot of drama in la the lakers have been almost boring by contrast in a good way because there Mm -hmm. hasn't been any of that drama was it was it a different feel that you noticed compared to previous media days yeah you, you could tell um, what the vibe is surrounding a team just based on how many media members show up to media day. And and this was the least attended Lakers media day really? I've seen. Um, I, I just think you just mentioned like the the Dame stuff, the, the Harden stuff, what's going on in Miami. I just think a lot of those national, you know, reporters ch- weren't choosing to come to the Lakers media day today as opposed to some of these other teams knowing, you know, the juicy storylines are, are mm-hmm. over there. Um, I think boring was honestly a pretty good word for it. I, everyone was in a good mood, obviously. Um, but, but I just think, um, you know, as f- if, you're, if you're looking at it from a national perspective, the storylines around the league right now, I don't, I don't think the Lakers are anywhere near the top of the list. And, and that's a good thing. I should say, like, I think it's, if, if, if the national reporters are usually talking about you, it's usually for, for bad reasons, because that's, that's what gets clicks. That's what gets, you know, the attention. So, um, I, I thought, you know, last year I thought it was a very awkward media day just because of all all the uncertainty like I just talked about. This year I think um, it, it, it was a really, you know, upbeat, positive one. I mentioned how efficient it was. That, that's always nice as well. So I definitely think um, that this was, you know, the best. I, if you're looking at it from the Lakers perspective, them in the office right now saying, how did today go? They're probably saying it went as well as it could have, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there was no talk about are you are you considering these trades in the future? Or what do you think your future is with it? Like there was there was none of that, right? And that's, I I mean, it's a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways. Especially, I mean, last year we we woke up media day. In fact, the Lakers Nation staff we all it kind of expected the Lakers to maybe be making a trade the morning of media yeah. day. I remember yeah. that it was going to be Russ to to Indiana, and. This year, and then it was, okay, it didn't happen. Now what's, is Russ going to show up for media day? What's this going to look like? None of that this year. And I think that stability, I think that's going to show up on the court. I think that's going to matter when we see the team out there on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember last year that LeBron, Russ, and AD 
take their 360 photo or whatever. And I, re- I remember tweeting that out. And that was one of my highest engaged tweets from from, you know, the whole year. And and if you look at, you know, my tweets today, there was any, it wasn't anything close to that. So I just think um, it's it just overall it was just good vibes and, and everyone's, you know, excited. Yeah, it, it, kind of interesting that Austin Reeves took the place of Russ in, in the yeah, picture. Yeah. He, he won <laughs> up the big three that was out there. They also did one, um, I believe, with D'Lo in the mix. Yeah. They, had the, they had the four of them out there. But but yeah, it was Austin. It was LeBron. It was it was A.D. Um, in, in fact, Austin's agent uh, put out on on Instagram something like like crazy. The difference a year makes or, or something yeah. to, that, to that effect. Really is, really is. What do you think about this? It was, it was two years ago. We were watching Austin in Summer League just trying to make the team and then getting a two-way contract. And now he's being put up there with LeBron and AD. Amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, that's an amazing story, like you said. Um, you know, really happy for Austin. He talked about, you know, getting the new deal and how much he wanted to stay here. Um, you know, you know, he couldn't, couldn't happen to a better person. And it's just crazy to think about two years ago he was undrafted. Now he's part of the big three, I guess you could call it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely, absolutely incredible. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Personally, I'm the shopper right i look around a lot of different places trying to make sure i'm getting the best deal particularly when it's a bigger purchase which well tickets to a sporting event they usually are so i shop around to a lot of different places so game time takes away my stress when i'm shopping for tickets because they offer a lowest price guarantee which is absolutely phenomenal so it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. No surprises. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds. And because of that game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. Think about that. That's how convinced game time is that they will offer you the lowest price they offer that guarantee that way you can buy with confidence and avoid that stress the tickets get sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email or anything like that you get them right to your phone so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code lakers nation for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code Lakers Nation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Um, and the other, I guess, kind of big story, Rui Hachimura didn't lose any weight. <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting because if you look at the pictures, he looks thinner. He yeah. said it's just because he was next to LeBron in the pictures. And LeBron's yeah. like 250. So yeah. I get it. But he also said that he's just kind of like toned up more, right? Yeah. But he said that he has not lost any weight, yet he still also talked about how he's planning on playing a lot of small forward this year. So I guess we're kind of right. Because we looked at the weight loss and said, oh, he's getting ready for a position change. He's going to be playing more three. He is. He just didn't (laughs) actually lose the weight. 
Right, right. And, and honestly, I looked at him. He, he definitely looks a little slimmer. But like you said, I think he said he's just more defined now. Um, obviously, he worked out really hard with LeBron all summer, so he's in great shape. But, but yeah, I mean, on, he, he also one thing he also did talk about, and we're probably going to get into this, but he was asked if he's um, about if he wants to be a starter. And, and he basically, you know, similar to Gabe Vincent, didn't really care about starting. He said he wants to finish games, um, but he understands that, you know, things are going to change or whatnot. But, you know, reading the tea leaves, I definitely think he's the favorite to be that fifth starter. And that would require him guarding more threes just because LeBron at this stage of his career isn't going to be guarding, you know, twos and threes. So if Rui's going to start, that would be kind of his role. Another candidate for that, I would imagine, is Jared Vanderbilt, who we know is really good uh, guarding wings. So um, Rui, I mean, I I would imagine that's something he's been told is that, you know, if you're going to start and play heavy minutes alongside those guys, you're going to have to be more on the perimeter. So I definitely think uh, he's preparing for that. Um, You know, we'll see how it shakes out if he ends up starting, but I I think he's going to play, you know, big minutes either way. I'm getting so excited to see what Rui's (laughs) got. I mean, I know Austin was raving about D'Lo and he named D'Lo as his breakout player, which I, I can't wait to see that too. But Rui has essentially spent the summer attached to LeBron and working with Phil Handy. Yeah. That just t- that just tells me like good things are ahead. Typically, when that happens, good things follow. I can't wait to see what he looks like out there. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. You couldn't really ask for someone better, like a better mentor, especially when you're like a a big wing like Rui. Like, obviously, he's nowhere near LeBron's level. Level, no one is. But for him to to be, you know, next to him all off season, like you said, with Phil Handy as well. That's that's about as good of a duo as you could get. And we already saw honestly, in a short time, what Rui could do after working out with Handy. Obviously, he had a career, you know, shooting, uh, you know, streak in the playoffs. So I, I could only imagine how much better he's going to be after a full offseason. Uh, Mava Mentality says, start Gabe in matchups against Murray, Dame. Uh, essentially, I think he means all the high-scoring guards instead right. of D'Lo. Uh, do you think we may see that from the Lakers where they have kind of a flexible starting lineup where they adjust it depending on their opponent? I wouldn't expect that, no. And it'll depend on how things go. Like if they're two and ten again, and they need, and you know, these regular season games become more and more important, uh, then maybe you think about you know doing stuff like that. But Darvin Ham isn't really a, a guy to mix and match based on you know matchups, smaller, or bigger. I think from everything he said, he kind of wants one set starting lineup, and I think that's what everyone wants ideally. But Obviously, it's not a perfect world. Injuries happen, things change and whatnot. But I think as long as the Lakers are in a good position and they're winning at a high rate, I don't think they're going to be switching up their starting lineup, you know, from game to game. Um, but in, in the playoffs, um, I definitely think that's that should be on the table. I think anything will be on the table in the playoffs. We saw Darvin Ham was not afraid to make starting lineup changes in the playoffs last year. So I definitely think at that point, you definitely have to evaluate and do whatever is best to win that series. But I don't think... In the regular season on a night-to-night basis, that's not really something that's necessary. Yeah, I think he's going to look for consistency, and if he needs to, just kind of change up your rotation as as need be. If you really need another big on the floor, okay, here you go, Jackson Hayes or, or whoever. Um, speaking of, you know, we had Jackson Hayes. We saw him out there. We saw Christian Wood. We saw, I mean, every player. What was it from today that maybe you weren't expecting? What, what was the most surprising thing? That, that you heard today while you were there in the building? The most surprising thing. Um, 
Hmm. There were there honestly wasn't too many surprises. I I will say AD kind of um I I know he he's kind of says it every year and and it's the goal you want of of playing 82 games. Um mm-hmm. but I guess just as confidently as he was talking it's great to hear uh but um and, and him co- co- what would what really surprised me was him kind of committing to the Olympics because he came he came oh, to yeah. the media and said he was not sure and then he spoke with Spectrum and basically said that he's in. Um, we'll we'll see what happens at the end of the year. But I I, I think um, you know it's a little early for the Olympic talk. I know a lot of guys came out and said uh, today. Um, Kevin I think Durant, it, yep. Kevin Durant. I think Steph talked about it. Mm-hmm. Even Kawhi Leonard talked about it. LeBron. I just think it's too early for any of that Olympic talk. Um, we got a whole season to play here, and I know it's great. And they're trying to get guys to commit. And and if LeBron and AD commit, a lot of other stars will. Um, but I, I think the, the the season ahead needs to be the focus right now, and they could worry about the Olympics after. But other than that, there wasn't too many surprises. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know what? I would love to see LeBron AD win Olympic gold next summer. we got a long way to go to get there, though. And uh, if they do play, man, I'm going to be holding my breath while cheering them on to, <laughs> to, to win. That Hopefully it's after sure. a championship has been won. So then, that's you know, right. you can worry about it a little less, I guess. That's right. That's right. Uh, Tristan said, what are the odds of picking up Malcolm Brogdon? Okay, so we know, or at least the, the word right now is that, and by the way, the, the Drew Holiday trade, it was Drew Holiday leaving Portland, going to, to Boston, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams going into Portland, as well as a couple of first-round picks. That was a great deal for the Blazers. I was impressed that they were able to get that much of a haul. I think the Bucks getting Dame kind of made the Celtics go, uh-oh, we'd better go get somebody to defend him. And so they gave up a lot to get Drew Holiday. Hopefully it works out terribly for them. Um, <laughs> we've got Malcolm Brogdon. He is making $22.5 million this season and next season. So that's $45 million over the next two seasons. That's what he's owed. 31 years old right now. Robert Williams reportedly is going to stay with the Blazers. They want to have him and DeAndre Ayton kind of tag team the center position. Makes some sense given that Williams has had some injury issues and and all of that. They can both kind of man that center position. Um, So Brogdon is the guy that would be on the way out. So the problem for the Lakers, though, is what are you giving up to get him? What salaries you're stacking up? Like even if you want to talk D'Lo, that's not quite enough. you got to add another contract in there to get that done. So look, would Malcolm Brogdon be a nice fit? Yeah, I like him. He's a nice player. He shoots the ball. Well, I, I I've been a fan of his game for a while. Sure. There's some injury issues, but logistically it becomes a little bit tough because look at this Lakers roster right now. Who do you look at and say, I'm willing to trade that guy in order to get him. I don't know. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. where it's hard. Like, are you going to give up Rui? Are you going to give up Bando? Are you going to give I personally, I'd rather keep all those guys than go get a 31 year old Malcolm Brogdon as much of a fan of, of his game as I am. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And also I think Portland might be trying to deal him, you know, ASAP, like mm-hmm. the Lakers physically or like, com, you know, couldn't even do that until December yes. at the earliest. A lot of those guys aren't trade eligible. So if they're dealing him before the season. The Lakers can't get involved. Um, Honestly, though, like if there's anyone in that deal that I would be interested in, it would be Rob Williams. And I know Portland said they're probably not going to deal him. But, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen around the deadline. And and we talk about how if there's one weakness on the Lakers roster, it's still that center for a Jokic type matchup. And, and Rob Williams, while also very injury prone himself, is a very good defensive center. So 
Uh, I'd say that is something more to keep an eye on than Malcolm Brogdon, but I also don't think either of them are are very likely. I think yeah. the Lakers like the roster they have and and want to at least see how that works out. And if you need to make changes at the deadline, you can. But I, there, no one's looking at it right now saying, what do we need to do to make this roster better? They're happy with what they have. Yeah, and they should be, and they should be. They've had a, a heck of a summer. Um, yeah, and as you noted, even if, even if the Lakers right now, if Rob Palenka said, Malcolm Brogdon, that's the guy we need. Championship is guaranteed. What's it going to take? Go get him. They can't. They can't trade any of these contracts until December 15th at the earliest. So, again, we'll see how early, how early the, um, the Blazers want to make a move. How, how big of a problem do you think that is as far as the, the center position? Because like you said, like Jackson Hayes, like Anthony Davis is by far the heaviest player <laughs> on the Lakers, right? Um, I have to pull up the weights uh, to get those in front of me again. But uh, in fact, I think you may have tweeted it out earlier today when you tweeted out the the uh, roster. Uh, yeah. But but uh, is that a concern? Like Jackson Hayes isn't a big dude in terms of uh, of the um, uh, just how heavy he is. He's more of a, a pogo stick. Christian Wood, I've talked about this a lot. He weighs less than ten pounds more than Wenyan Gabriel did. So it's not like yeah. he's a bruiser. How big of a problem do you think that is? Yeah, no, I'm looking at the roster right now, and AD is the heaviest guy. LeBron is second, and then third is Colin Castleton. So wow. uh, if there's anything that this you know roster lacks, it, it is that it is a, a bigger center with some you know uh, size to you know it, it's mainly for the Jokic match matchup. I know like Embiid mm -hmm. you know is in the East, and there's some other centers out there too, but it's mainly for that Nuggets matchup. So um, it's definitely something you're going to have to address and you have basically be from now till the start of the playoffs to address it. We saw the Lakers sign Tristan Thompson like two days before the playoffs started last year and he actually gave a few solid minutes on Jokic. So I definitely think there's guys out there that you could add later in the year, whether it be via trade or free agency or whatever. The Lakers still have an open roster spot. So I definitely think that's something that you have plenty of time to address. And let's say you did want to sign a guy like Dwight Howard who if you still think he he could <laughs> turn back the clock to 2020 and give you, you know, five to 10 good minutes on Jokic, he he's someone that is going to be there later in the year. I think that's just, you know, the reality at this point. I know a couple teams flirted with signing him, but I don't think anyone's signing Dwight right now. So I, I think there's going to be options down the road and, and you, you see what, what you got with, with Hayes and Wood and AD right now. And then if you need something later, you go out and get it. You know what? I'm looking at this. And here, I'll put it up for everybody to, to see here. Everybody who's watching on YouTube. This is the Lakers training camp roster. This is the paper copy they gave you today. Yep. Um, and one thing that does actually stand out to me, Christian Wood is actually about nine pounds heavier than what he was listed at. I believe it was last season. Um, so that's interesting. interesting. That's because yeah. he was sitting in at like 214 or so. Wenyan came in at like 205. And so I noted that quite a bit, but. But at 223, that suggests that he's put on a little bit. Again, that's not enough to deal with Jokic or anything like yeah. that. But but maybe that tells you that he's, you know, a little prepared for uh for handling things in the middle. But otherwise, you're I mean, my goodness, Colin Castleton <laughs> at 231, Anthony Davis is 253, and uh, you go down to say like a uh, Jackson Hayes, he's at 217. The Lakers just they don't they've got tall guys, and I yep. think they've got good positional size. They just don't have a lot of particular like bulk on this team. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're going to have to lean on their 
their wing size, which is this mm-hmm. roster has more of that than they've ever had. I think all their guards have good size. So they have good size across the board. They just don't have that big bruiser center. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have that. And you know what? Like that's that of all the things to find out there. That's probably one of the easier things yeah. to find um, if you feel like you need to. So that that's something to, you know, consider that at some point, if they feel like they need to go get somebody, maybe they maybe they will. But for now, this is the roster as is, and, and I think they're going to be pretty happy with it. Um, all right, let me r- remove that here. Uh, some people say Max has got to be two hundred pounds. Uh, things like, he may be, you know. Well, I yeah, I, I don't know how just how accurate these are. Like these could have been from last year. Sure, guys, they could have just asked guys for a number or something. I'm, I'm not really yeah. sure. Uh, right, guys could just be be making it up but (laughs) but that's the team that's the team it's so funny though people put like here omar said i thought lebron was 610 he likes looks taller than mando people get get very hung up on exactly how tall a player is have you noticed that i yeah ever since i put out player heights like i did it earlier in the summer just kind of listing the heights of the lakers players i got so much pushback that guy's not 6'4". He's actually 6'5". That guy's not 6'10". He's 6'11". Like over one inch. It's, yeah. it's so funny. Like they're all very, very tall. It's not an exact measurement on some of these guys. Maybe some guys measured in shoes or, or you know, whatever it is. We've no, It's been this way in the NBA. It used to be way worse. Like every player yeah. was listed at like two or three inches taller than they actually were. It used to be way worse. But we just know, look, if it's if the guy's listed at 6'9", another place might have him at 6'10". Right, he's they're really tall. Let's put and, it, and I honestly think, I honestly think like sometimes these like sometimes these days you see with a guy like KD, they like listing themselves shorter than they actually yeah. are. Just so maybe you know they kind of sneak up on opponents. You know they don't think they're as big, but but I, I wouldn't pay too much attention to any listed heights and weights. Like you never know where those are coming from, how long ago it was. Like those things change all the time. How tall are you? I, I I'm. I'm six three and a half, but I'll if if anyone asks me for real, I'll say six four. So that's a good example right there. Okay, I mean, so so that's what we're gonna do. That we're gonna go off of you since you're gonna be at all of the games and everything like that. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have you go stand next to every <laughs> player, stand next to them, see what the so difference is, so we can get is. an exact measurement uh, of where yeah, the, of if, where if, all if, if Vando's a full head taller than me, then maybe he is a legit six eleven, like the rumors. <laughs> Did anyone ask to ask him if he grew? No, I actually, I actually thought about it, um, like right after his interview ended. So it was too late at that point. But maybe we'll <laughs> talk to him again at a practice. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, before we before we wrap up the show here, um, it was I thought a very good media day, a very exciting media day. What are you looking forward to seeing most now? Just kind of looking ahead a bit to training camp. What What are you hoping to see over the next four days? Uh, I'm looking to see what lineup combinations get used just because there's so many different possibilities you could go big you could go small you could have a a whole lot of wings in there you could in theory have four or five wings on the floor at the same time and and switch everything so uh, i'm curious to see what they ultimately land on not only for a starting lineup but for a second unit for a closing lineup and and i think that's going to be changing all throughout training camp during the preseason sometimes for practice they'll let us in towards the end when they're scrimmaging so mm-hmm. if they do that i'll try to keep an eye out to see who's playing with who uh just because i know everyone's always curious about that especially with this roster where there's so so many options 
And if you wouldn't mind, kind of sneak your camera and film it a little bit. For <laughs> I'll us. do we'll what I up, can. We'll, I'll do we'll what I can. Up here on the, we'll put it up here on the channel. If you, uh, if you can get anything like that, that would be, that would be great. I'm sure people would love to see it. Yep. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> we'll see if they let us in. I'll try. <laughs> um but yeah i i'm really curious to see what lineup combinations they they employ i I really think we're going to see a lot of experimentation during uh preseason games because there are so many different lineups that just that make sense and that's a great problem to have but like last year we looked at and we said okay well they've got this lineup that kind of makes sense and that lineup that kind of makes sense and that's about it. Right? This <laughs> most year, of them we, did not make sense. Most of them did not make sense. This year, last year, it was like, oh my god, he's got four guards on the floor again. Um, this year, this year though, there's so many different combinations that you can put together and go, yep, that makes sense. That makes this could be a viable lineup. I, I really, I'm curious. Like you said, I'm curious to see how those all work out. I want to see them experiment with all those different lineups and see what really clicks, what doesn't. What do they, what do they lean on? Uh, once the regular season starts up, because that's this is the time for all of that to experiment and see what's going to ultimately work for them come regular season. But all right, everybody, thank you guys so much for uh, for joining us. We will wrap things up there. Daniel, this was great. Thank you for giving us a, an inside look into into media day. Absolutely. It was a fun day and and we're just getting started here. I mean, obviously, training camp, preseason, regular seasons, it's all upon us, guys. That's right. That's right. Oh, I am so ready. I am so ready. And somebody just said in the comments before we get out of here, BC, wait a minute. Daniel's also <laughs> on Dodger Blue. That's right. In fact, that we've got playoff baseball coming up. So make sure you guys go check out our sister channel, DodgerBlue.com. You can find their YouTube channel. You'll see Daniel on there talking baseball as well with Jeff Spiegel, with Matt Moreno, a bunch of other guys. That's good. This is an exciting time of year for sports. We've got the NFL going. We've got baseball hitting the playoffs. And now we've got lakers basketball back this is gotta love october i i I don't want to talk nfl right now trevor i had a fantasy (laughs) matchup where i just needed 26 points out of seattle defense to win and they somehow got 28 and i lost so i'm not 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 too happy about the nfl right now ouch ouch okay (laughs) see i went the other way i i beat uh matt peralta this week in our staff league by uh by less than a point i think i beat it by like oh i think i saw him tweet about that yeah. (laughs) yeah He was he was not happy. It was uh, I think Harrison Butker's final field goal got got me over the yeah, over the top there. But <laughs> I was I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy in that league because my receivers were uh, Diggs, AJ Brown, and Puka Nakua. So they Ooh. I think they all had thirty each this week. <laughs> that will get it done. That will certainly get it done. By the way, I do need to do an update on the Lakers Nation Listener League. Maybe I'll put that on tomorrow's show. But everybody, thank you guys so much for for joining us. Uh, Of course, make sure you're subscribing over on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's go. The season's starting up. Once things really get rolling with games, I know right now for the summer, we've been on the, the traditional Monday night, Wednesday night. We do our live shows. Uh, once we start up with games, the live show will just be after every single game. As soon as the game ends, you come right here. We'll break everything down. It'll be our traditional post-game show. So that's going to be coming up uh, for the Lakers Nation live show after the game startups. That's coming up starting Saturday. Here we go. Can't wait. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.